0: part of being a YouTuber is always having to answer the question, well, what do you really do for a living? How do you make money? And what people don't realize when they're asking those questions is that they're diminishing what we are passionate about and what we love. When in fact, we're truly living some of the best lives that those people asking could have ever even dreamed of. And in this episode, you're going to meet Someone who is just living her best life, one translation video at a time.
1: Hello, friends, and welcome to the Women of YouTube podcast, where we are sharing stories of women YouTube creators in order to inspire other women to start creating. In each episode, we deep dive into why these women chose YouTube to create on, their struggles, their successes, and of course, get real about what happens when you're a female creator on the internet. This podcast is brought to you by TubeBuddy, your best friend on the road to YouTube success. Now let's get into it with your hostess, Desiree Martinez.
0: Welcome back to an episode of the YouTube Ladies. I'm so pumped to talk with you this week. Like, I'm all hopped up off of being on a conference, getting over being sick, and having some, like, YouTube strategies starting to pay off, like, Full disclosure, I'm just like diving into affiliate marketing to figure out like how I can find this like the the golden egg of multiple streams of income and one of them being from affiliate marketing. Like I know, I know that this is such an important part of YouTube life and I've been trying to figure it out and just like magically, I'm just starting to get these like little emails in about like this one's converting from this and this one's converting from this and someone clicked on here and it's just like, it gives me all of the feels because it's like, I'm in this journey just like all of you are. And so I get excited about things that I I think that deserve to be talked about. So affiliate marketing, it's going to be a whole thing. I'm really excited. (laughs) Anyway, uh, on today's podcast, I am talking with the absolutely like, like all of my wonderless envy lives within this woman's life. Her name is Gabrielle Wallace and she has a amazing YouTube channel all about helping people learn how to speak English as a second language. Her video is all about tutorials and all that kind of stuff. Her channel is actually called Go Natural English. Gabby is the founder of this channel, an online English speaking training company created to educate, empower, and inspire international men and women to build the skills and confidence needed to live their best life through the power of fluency. And she travels all over the world and meets with truly amazing people and has started off by teaching people English. And she's done so many things like she has found a way to take like her skills, her education and help people literally all over the world. And in this podcast, like we dive deep into a lot of different things that are just like super exciting about how she's grown her audience and like what value she is offering. And I just cannot wait for you to hear it real quick, guys, make sure that if you are, not in the Women of YouTube Facebook group. There's going to be a little like commercial for it a little later, but um, you definitely want to check that out because we have our monthly training come up. This episode comes out on March 10th. We have our monthly training on March the 17th, and it is all about thumbnails. Your thumbnail is the second most important thing, besides your title, to get people to click on those videos. And I want to make sure that all of you ladies know exactly what you should be doing to have a bomb- thumbnail. So make sure that you are part of our Women of YouTube Facebook group uh, so that you can join in on that training. We also do weekly office hours. Um, You can ask any questions that you have and so much more. So like definitely check that out. And without further ado, let's just dive into this week's podcast. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast with us. I'm super excited. Desiree. How's it going? Awesome. Let's I'm I'm ready to hear all about your your journey, your story, all of the good stuff. So tell us why YouTube. Why YouTube? Um because YouTube is
2: an amazing platform to reach lots of people. Like there's so many eyeballs on YouTube, but I personally love making video content, so it was an obvious choice for me and I also started creating Content in 2011. Actually, I started in 2004, but on my current main channel, 2011. And so I just mentioned that because that was before Instagram, that was before like TikTok and a bunch of the other options that we have now. So I started on YouTube because that was kind of the obvious thing. I don't even think Facebook was, I mean, it was around, but they didn't do that much with video at that time. Now we have so many more options. So I'm kind of everywhere now.
0: Yes. It's been very interesting to watch everything evolve, everything change over the past, you know, like 2004, like, I guess like 15 years of like all of this video. I remember like MySpace and like top I eight <laughs> customize like layouts and the music would play and you know, now it's like you and like that was it as all you had was MySpace, And even that was kind of a stretch. And then when Facebook came out, it was this whole like new world. And it's just the nothing but change everything. Totally. But I
2: still think YouTube is a really good choice, even if today is day one or day zero or you haven't even started. It's still a really good choice, which just speaks to the longevity of YouTube.
0: So how did you get started with all of this? So let's talk about um, your old channel if you want to and then like why you changed up things to your um, language channel.
2: Yeah, oh, this is fun because I never talk about the first original 2004. Actually, I think it was 2005. It was like early 2005 when I posted my first YouTube video and I was living in Japan and I got my hands on a video Camera and I just thought, how cool would it be to record some cultural activities? Like I was going to festivals and share that with people back home. So that's basically what I did. I had no idea what I was doing, but I just thought, you know, like I'm gonna. I don't even know if travel vlogging was really a thing. It was probably a thing, but not many people
0: knew about it. It's like do- all, on, all on TV on the cable, you know, right. time.
2: And totally, I thought at the time, I wanna be a travel channel host. I loved watching the travel channel. So I think there was that spark of, you know, maybe I could create content around travel. I recorded two videos, uploaded them, and then never recorded a travel vlog again or a travel (laughs) video again. Um, But it was a really good experience because at least I learned how to record a video and upload it, which served me well come 2011 when I was back in Japan again teaching English and just got the creative bug and started recording English tutorials really to help my existing students, but also to just like exercise my creative muscle and I thought maybe I could help more students outside of my little classroom. And that's when I started publishing these tutorial videos on YouTube um, several years ago now.
0: Okay, that's just so cool, so like, why don't you tell us a little bit about like, cause you've been on this platform, you know, for nine years now. Why don't you talk to us about like what your like creative process has been like over these years? Like, how have you evolved? How have you been able to keep it up? How do you keep writing like things to talk about? Like talk about like that whole process. This is, I'm so fascinated because so many people are like, we see them now, you know, in like their glory and where they're at. But like, talk to us about the beginning part.
2: Yeah, so my channel, my main channel, Go Natural English, that has like 1.67 million subscribers. Um, it started as a, as a tutorial channel. And so it's an educational thing. It's not like uh, a lot of other channels that might be like entertainment based or beauty or fashion or something although I think everyone is a teacher in a certain way. uh, I started my process, my creative process, just thinking about how I could help people. Like, you know, when you're looking for information and you want to know an answer, you might look on YouTube. So I was thinking about my English students, thinking if they were searching for answers to their English questions, maybe I could become that resource for them, but on YouTube. So that's really how it started and how it's continued over the years. I always try to go back to that and think about what would be useful and helpful for people who are learning English as a second language. And so I just think of what people would be looking for and how to answer that in a clear concise, but thorough, which is always an interesting balance and Somewhat engaging entertaining way. I mean as much as I can make English grammar entertaining. I try to do it and Yeah, then I record the video and I try to keep it simple although I've been experimenting with different things like little skits or Dialogues, I really do try to keep it simple as much as possible because I think it's easy to overcomplicate things wanting to make the perfect most beautiful video and that's good and everything, but it's never going to be perfect, right? So you have to hit publish at some point.
0: I know things were getting really heated up in this episode, but I wanted to take a quick sec and make sure that you knew about the women of YouTube community. This is a Facebook group focused on bringing us female creators together to help with any struggles that you might be having. You can ask questions and get answers from your fellow female creators. And of course, lift each other up along the way of our YouTube journeys. We also are going to have weekly office hours, monthly trainings on various topics to help you as a creator at any level. We're going to also have Ask Me Anything, some of our favorite YouTube creators, live channel reviews with TubeBuddy, and so much more. I would love it if you joined us. So please head over to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash women of YouTube. I will also include a link to this group in those show notes. Okay, let's get back to the episode. So what has been one of like your biggest struggles that you faced as a creator over all of these years and, and how have you been able to overcome it?
2: Well, about three years into my channel, I really started questioning whether I should continue it because I was at a point where the channel was growing, but it wasn't my full-time thing. It actually became my full-time work four years into the channel. So it's really kind of telling, like right after this dip where I was feeling like, oh, I should just quit my channel and like use the time to go get another job or something, um, that's when it kind of started working out was when I pulled through that. So that was really my, my biggest challenge at that time, just questioning myself, looking at the income from the channel, thinking, wow, I should really just do something else because this is not much income at all. And I had to dig deep. I had to really think about my why, like my reason for making this channel, which I decided was because one, I'm a creative person. I love to create. It gives me joy to create things. Two, I like to help other people. So when I see people's comments, the good ones, (laughs) I feel really great. We can talk about comments later. But uh, I, I just, I love it and Um, nothing against a regular job but I personally love uh, working for myself as well so I thought even if it's not working out yet I need to at least give it a try I can't quit now so that's when I just decided to keep going and pull through and you know here I am it's been what since 2014 so like five years it's been my full-time thing
0: That's amazing. Can I ask, what was it that was going through your mind that made you doubt continuing YouTube?
2: Oh, good question. One, because I was putting a lot of time and effort into it. Uh, Not even, you know, not to mention buying equipment um, and not having a financial return yet at that point. I, I felt my channel was growing, but you know, it wasn't like, a viral video every time. So, and then people, you know, people were kind of indirectly questioning, like, you know, that's cute, but what are you doing? Like, why are you, you know, no one said, why are you wasting your time? But I think that was kind of an underlying kind of thing. Like, why don't you just get a real job?
0: <laughs> you know, I can relate to that so hard. So I've been a social media marketer since like 2009. And it took like years and years. Like I, I still wonder if my family still like knows what I do for work, like how I make money. And like, I'm now in a position where well, like I'm this whole breadwinner for my family. And, they, and I don't years. think they get it.
2: <laughs> it took these full five years for my family. I mean, just my parents, not even extended family. I don't know if they know what I do, but my parents are like, Oh, Okay, I guess I guess what you do it makes sense. I guess you're okay, right? Like yeah.
0: I mean, she's not asking us for money, so I mean, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, uh, that's so that's so interesting to like hear those struggles. Those are all things that we have faced, and I love also what you said about how you didn't have viral success. It's literally, yeah. you know, you do have 1.7 million subscribers because you've been at this for eight nine years. Like working hard, creating content and continuing yeah. to work your craft. Well,
2: and I do have a handful of videos that have gone viral. I mean, one just hit 10 million views, but I I don't know exactly. I think there's probably a half dozen videos now with over a million views, but there's 600 plus videos with not viral views. So this is, this is the point I think you're trying to make. And I totally agree. You have to take a long-term view with this. And for me, it's always been at the core about freedom. And I just, you know, if there's one thing that I can share with you and your audience is it's about creative freedom, freedom in my life, being able to work for myself. These are all really fun things that I love.
0: That's so important. And that definitely is one of the coolest things I think about getting to be a YouTuber and like whether you do have this as as a job or it's a side hustle or it's an avenue to, to fuel your business, like how I use it. It's, it's so many things. And I love that you have been in it for so long and at it for so long and had, you know, dedicated it and know that it is a long game, just like anything else that else that's worth doing.
2: You have ups and downs. Totally. You have ups and downs. And I really want to encourage people, especially the women listening, um, it, it's going to be up and down. And you have to dig deep to really understand your reason why you're doing it. Maybe you have a similar reason to me. You love to create. You want to have more freedom in your life. Or maybe it's something totally different. But I think you have to keep coming back to that in those moments when you feel like people are questioning you or you don't have the viral video or the income coming in yet because that's hard. It's hard to push through that.
0: So on the subject of what you said about like you love being a creative, and you have to dig deep into what it is. How much of what you create um, is like search? I'm air quoting here, search and algorithm based, and how much of it is like for yourself? Um, I know I've struggled with this myself, and I've talked to a lot of other other women creators who have as well. So like, how do you balance out like what the algorithm wants and like what you need for your own creative sanity?
2: So a couple of things. I think it is creative. It's a, it's a creative game that we play trying to figure out how to win the algorithm, which is, I don't know if you can actually win the algorithm, but it's like, there is a creative element because you think about all of the things that you're supposed to be doing on YouTube, you know, be consistent, use searchable keywords, um, record a certain length. You know, there's all these things that experts tell us we should be doing. And it's like making this combination and experimentation and seeing what works for you and what doesn't work. I think that's a very creative process and I enjoy that. And the other thing is you, you asked how much of it is for me. Well, I really enjoy Helping the viewers. I enjoy seeing their reaction. I enjoy Putting together the videos the whole creative process. So it's weird because it does feel like it's all for me it It might not be like okay if I have some crazy new experimental idea I might do that on my second channel or if there's something outside of English learning, you know English learning is the main topic of my my big channel if I want to talk about something different, I would do it on my second channel, which is just Gabby Wallace. Um, so if you know people are watching and they're like, I want to know more about Gabby and I'm not learning English, like you can search for my name and hopefully my personal channel will pop up.
0: <laughs> I hear that. Okay. So I always ask this question to the ladies on that come on the show and is what is something that you have had to deal with as a female creator that gave you like all of the feels all of the anger all of the like i got to overcome this like all of the feels and and even with like sort of without like you know like without oh, man bashing or
2: um but I still asking anything. yourself
0: the question like a man would not have to deal with this like that <laughs> yeah. we can learn from
2: totally so you've probably heard this before you've probably experienced it before but i've seen it time and time again for other female creators and for myself is that we, you know, okay, first of all, everyone, male, female, whatever you identify as, you're going to have to deal with trolls. However, I think that women have to deal with more appearance-based and sexualized comments. And that is not always easy. But a really quick trick, if you don't already know, is to set those words, those special keywords on the um, like filter for YouTube comments. So um, if there's any you know swear words or words dealing with appearance, I put them all of there. Like just filter the comments and it does a pretty good job, but some things still get around it.
0: And how do you like deal with that? Like, does it bother you Have you having to brush it off? Like I feel like, cause I talk with so many women and, um, one of the things that they're always like concerned about with getting on video is all of those kinds of hangups. So like, yeah. w- how do we like encourage women to just like, let it go and be like, not everyone's cup of tea. It's all right.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: At first I think it bothered me even more than, I mean, now I kind of laugh at the comments, but I mean, those ones, uh, before it definitely bothered me because I think you, it's like human tendency to brush off the positive comments like, oh yeah, yeah, that's cute. But then if you get one negative comment, it's like, oh my gosh, my life is over. And I've definitely felt that way. I've definitely felt like I'm not pretty enough. I'm not young enough. I'm not whatever enough for YouTube. But that is such BS. You know, it, the best thing is to just, love yourself and get out there and be you because there's so many people who need to see that like we don't really need another like perfect model looking role model like we need more women to and people just to be themselves and be like no I'm proud of who I am and you should be too so I mean it's it's you'll always get, I got, I was just looking at comments from a new video this morning and it was like, Oh, you've lost so much weight. Well, the last video I posted a week ago was, Oh, you're getting fatter and fatter. So now I just laugh at them because I'm like, you all are contradicting each other and it's just hilarious. But yeah, bottom line, we've got to love ourselves and we've got to put more of that love out into the world, especially the online world.
0: Talk about your, your niche a little bit, your niche, your niche, whatever one it is, um, with, with being on YouTube, like, do you find that it's like really oversaturated? Do you find that it's, um, underrepresented? Like, do you think that you stand out because of your topic, because of who you are and how you are? Um, just kind of give us those, those details.
2: Yeah. So my niche is English language learning and, I do think that over the years, I mean, I know that over the years, more and more people have started creating content in this niche, it's just, it's the nature of things, right? As more and more people learn that creating content is a good thing, more and more people will try it. And I think that there is room for everyone, um, not only in my niche, but in other niches as well, because viewers are gonna resonate with certain people, you know, some viewers might love me, they might not love someone else or vice versa. And there's enough viewers out there, there's billions of, you know, views and and millions of eyeballs out there that I don't feel like it's a competition. I really believe in collaboration and sharing and supporting. I don't think everyone thinks that way, but I think that really the best thing you can do is to uh, again be yourself figure out who you are and what you want to put out into the online world and really continually evolve your craft right like um figure out what you want your brand to be like but the thing is you figure it out by doing it you don't figure it out by being in your head for 5 years thinking about how to make the perfect brand and video it's like you have to do it you have to mess up you have to make horrible videos and then you kind of figure it out along the way right so I don't know if that answers the question I get really excited talking about this stuff but I just kind of go off in different
0: directions no I think that's the that's what these conversations are about like tangents lead to the best questions so I think that it's perfect (laughs) personally so I just wanted to take a quick minute and thank you for listening with a little something something from TubeBuddy. If you don't know, TubeBuddy is a free browser extension and mobile app for your YouTube account that helps you with finding the best keywords, create titles, A-B test your thumbnails, provides you with analytics, milestones, reporting, and so much more. If you have been inspired by the stories in today's podcast and you're ready to start creating, you don't want to do it without TubeBuddy. Get signed up with this free service at TubeBuddy.com forward slash women. So, to um, switch into some more like technical aspects of YouTube life, so talk to us about like what are some of your favorite um, things for creating video? Like, what do you film with? What do you edit with? How do you promote your channel? Um, Give us those details.
2: Sure. So, when I started, it was like before all of these, uh, so it was before smartphones. God, I sounds like super old, but
0: <laughs> Girl, my
2: whole life was
0: before smartphones. You are all right.
2: <laughs> so I guess I say that because now smartphones are so easy to record with. I, I do still record some content with an iPhone, but I also have, um, a Canon camera and, I mean, it's been working great for me for several years. I think in the next year or so, I might try to upgrade. But basically, my point is, whatever you have is what you should use. And if you can upgrade, great. But I'm of the school of thought that, like, you should start earning money first and then use that money to reinvest into your craft. It's like, if you spend, I mean, you can easily spend thousands of dollars on equipment nice. and then never even publish a video. And that stinks, right? I mean, you wanna like make it worth your while. You don't wanna just collect equipment. But that said, over the years, and there have been several years, I would say each year, you know, I'll get like one piece of new equipment, like maybe a new microphone or a new lens or something like that. Um, And I think it is important. You have to experiment with different things. You have to see what works well for your recording environment. Um, I did just invest in a couple of wireless Microphones that were super expensive. Nice. I bought one and I was like, I thought for this price I was buying two and then only one. Up. I was like, oh, okay. I guess I'll spend another $600 and
0: get another one. Dude, I hear that. I hear that hard because I remember. So for me, when I started off on YouTube, I had, again, I talk about all the time in the podcast, guys. Sorry. It's a, a webcam and a window. Like that's how I built my first year of my podcast because I, I feel like it was a blessing the size. I loved to buy gear and, and fun tools and stuff yeah. but we lived in South Korea and I had a weight limit of like what I was allowed to bring back and stuff yeah. so I was like great well I can't buy all this extra stuff let's like work with what I've got and then when yeah. I came back I like invested in like all of the things like I got lights and I got yeah. the camera and I'm like I'm really glad I had gotten my channel to a place where I was earning income you know from the business to like to feed it because I, I probably would have been like making really nice quality videos but like presenting them like crap (laughs) but
2: that's the really cool thing is sometimes when you have those restrictions like living in south korea or living in japan or i i've spent um like a year in brazil last year like You can't get the same equipment in other countries sometimes. It's more expensive or just not available or you won't be able to bring it back with you. So you have to work with what you have. And that's actually kind of a good restriction sometimes because it makes you actually put in the effort and like do the thing uh, without buying all the fancy toys. But then when you come back to the US, you buy all the fancy toys.
0: Yeah, I have more equipment than I probably actually need. That is a true story. Yes. so who are some of your favorite female creators that just light you up and inspire you?
2: Yeah, I I love Lily Singh who is like a comedy YouTuber. And she just recently got a talk show, which is super inspiring. I'm like, I want to be you, um, <laughs> Lily. Like, and then there's another YouTuber who I met at a YouTube event, Sarah Schultze, I think is her name. And she does a lot of like body positive fashions. So like plus size fashion. And she does such a good job and it's entertaining. And I just, I like her a lot. And it was fun. I'm like, I know you. It's always nice when you... Can follow people that you actually
0: know, or maybe oh my gosh, I I fangirl so hard over people I see on YouTube, and I probably make people feel really weird at first and also like flattered at the same time. Like when we were at Bit Summit, I met Glory, who is part of the Slice and Rice duo. Oh, because, wow. um, and I was like, oh my god, it's you guys! Like, I know you, I've been following you, like, let me throw up how much I love I you. Love and they were them. like, I didn't even oh, know you were so weird. nice, you're so weird, but you're so nice. <laughs> but I was able to get her on the podcast. So like it worked out great. (laughs) That's so cool. Yeah, for sure. So what do you think is one of the most important things anyone that's getting started with YouTube should be doing?
2: Making videos. (laughs) I mean, it's so (laughs) obvious, right? But literally nothing else is better than just hitting record and then actually uploading. And it's terrifying, but that is the way you learn.
0: Yeah, I can agree with that. Again, you can't let all the things distract you ladies. So what is the mistake that you've made um, while being on YouTube that we could learn from?
2: Well, so going along with that, like just publish, I mean, there have been videos that now have gone viral. I mean, in terms of having millions of views and I had the worst hair day those days I made those videos. It was like I mean, it's kind of a silly answer, but like my mistake was, you know, not making my hair look nice or like not doing my makeup. So it's like, it's a balance because now I look at those videos and I'm so proud of them, but it's also like, man, I wish I brushed my hair that day, (laughs) but like, okay, so serious answer, um, mistakes. I mean, doubting myself. I hugely, you know, doubted myself for, for a while, especially that third year I mentioned where I was like, oh, I should just quit. And that was wasted time. I mean, if, if you're going to quit, just, just, just quit. Don't like think about it for six months. Should I quit? Should I not quit? I don't know. Like make a decision, move forward or don't, you know, it's easier to say than do. Right. But, um, I would say one of my biggest mistakes was just doubting myself and maybe being a little impatient because you hear these stories of people like, oh my gosh, in less than a year, she has 5 million subscribers and it's like, great, but that's not what you should compare
0: yourself to. Right? Yeah. I had that a lot with the, um, the Janelle, the van van life girl. And like, I I I'm in just such la, like awe of like what she's doing. Like I I I love her. I, yeah. I want her on the podcast. I'm working it. Yes, um, she like what she's doing and what she's doing is so fun. And it it just proves that like sometimes it's just an algorithm game. But at the same time, you just also have to be creating stuff and and doing doing something fun because you want to. Totally,
2: her so, videos are beautiful though.
0: Right, I love it. Yeah. Um. What talk to us about what your business is with YouTube? Like, obviously, there's AdSense and stuff, but like, talk about like how your business has changed and evolved, and and how you've made money from this. Totally crazy life.
2: Yes. So going back to my why again has been because I love to create because I love freedom and I wanted to create this lifestyle where, you know, I can be my own boss. I can set my own hours and yada, yada, yada. Um, so I also wanted to create um, stability, right? Because I think that from stability comes, comes freedom to do more creation, to take more risks and so on and so forth. So I, I, don't only YouTube. I would I would say that my Go Natural English company is a content creation company, but not only on YouTube. YouTube happens to be the biggest, most successful, awesome, fun platform that I distribute content on. But I really look at Go Natural English as a content creation company that writes, you know, blog articles, has a podcast, uh, does Facebook video, IGTV. We have an online course. Um, I partner with other businesses. Uh, what else? Mm, I speak at events. You know, there's. It sounds a lot. like
0: you've evolved it into like its own like media business.
2: Yeah, exactly. And that came over time. So it's not like, you know, April two thousand eleven, day one. I was like, I'm gonna create this media empire. It it evolved. You know, it evolved over time after seeing. What people wanted, that they wanted more, and also just thinking about: Do I want to be a YouTuber or do I want to be a business owner? And I think you can be both, but it's it's worthwhile thinking about the difference.
0: Yes. Do you think that you should um, go into YouTube day one thinking about the business, or do you think you should just start creating and figuring it out and let the bit and that business come from it?
2: Yeah, honestly. I would say, no, uh, don't, don't worry about your business plan. A lot of people will probably disagree with me. Bring it. I want to, I want to see the comments. I would say, no, don't, don't try to create a business from day one. Your business, your concern when you start is just to see if people actually care about the content you're making. Because if you, I mean, create this 10 page business plan and you know, you think it looks great and then You try to execute it and nothing happens. It's like, well, you know, try, try again. I just think you should focus on seeing how people react to your content and not try to get the whole business plan um, just perfect because that's gonna it paralyzes a lot of people. It's like analysis paralysis, and you know, you see a lot of people who are afraid to get started because their business plan isn't ready yet. I'm like, no, you don't oh do it. You're doing it all backwards.
0: This is almost like reiterating this conversation I had today with this woman that I, I've been friends with her for a very long time. And we've done a lot of work together over the years. And she had brought me in and we were we actually did an did episode of her podcast. I was helping with her a bunch of stuff. And she's like, I want to do all these things. And I was mm-hmm. like, dial it back. Step yeah. one, record 10 episodes of your podcast. She kept time like, but step one, to right. record 10 episodes of your podcast. Like, yeah. you got to create something first and let people kind of tell yeah. you what they want. And then you kind of then can create the responsibility of, of the business part of it.
2: Yeah, I think the train of thought is for like, well, why would I create 10 podcasts if I don't have a business behind it? And And some instructors or coaches will tell you like, no, don't create anything until you have a product to sell or something. I'm like, why would you... Um, why would you create this whole business plan and a product and like sales funnel or whatever? If you don't even know if people are going to like your content, it's like, yes,
0: yeah. That's why you have to start. That's why you have to suck. So you can figure out who you want to talk to and who's going to listen to you so that you can eventually get their trust and then you'll eventually get their dollars. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Sorry. Hi, horse. I'm I'm sorry about all
2: that. Right?
0: So do you think that there is still room for new creators on YouTube?
2: Yeah, of course. Of course. Um, I think when you start thinking, oh my gosh, it's saturated. I can't do this. I mean, you're just excluding yourself. Like you need to go in it and just start creating and see how it goes. I mean, I think there's tons of room. And I think that, I mean, I see channels, new channels growing way faster than older channels even. And it's inspiring. It's exciting. I mean, it's a very exciting time to be on YouTube, to be a a creator. And I think if if you go in with this attitude of, well, game's over. I didn't start in 2010, so I might as well not even bother. It's like, okay, if that's what you want to believe, then that's what's going to be true for you.
0: Yeah. Don't, don't believe the heck guys do what you got to do for you.
2: Yeah. (laughs) You got to see, you got to, the proof is in the pudding. You got to create your content and see what happens and be patient. And it really is a long-term mentality. I mean, a lot of people fail just because they, they just uh, are not patients. You know, you're not you're not thinking long-term you're thinking I posted a video an hour ago and it's not viral yet. So this doesn't work.
0: (laughs) Those are the worst for sure.
2: (laughs) Okay. I might be, you know, um, being a little silly, but
0: I don't know. I worked with some people that are like, um, have we made millions yet? what's our landing page look like? Have we had like a thousand people opt into our deal? I'm like, Whoa, we posted this like 10 minutes ago. Calm down.
2: (laughs) Right. Right. So I think you have to get into it because you love the creative side of it because you you love, you have your why, you're executing on your mission and not, I mean, when people say like, my goal is to make a million dollars, I just think, good luck with that. You might, but if you're so focused on money and you're not really thinking about how you're going to like why you're doing this or how you might help people or make the world a better place. Maybe that sounds woo, but I really think you need to have a deeper reason why to drive you when you're not making a million, you know, when it's like, like you're on the road, but you need some motivation to get there. It's easy to lose your motivation um, because it takes a long time. I mean, most of the time it takes a long time. That's why I'm like, yeah, you need, you need to keep your motivation.
0: For sure. All right, Gabby how can people find you on the YouTubes?
2: Okay. So, you know, Google my name, Gabby Wallace, and you'll probably find Go Natural English, but, um, I have a YouTube channel with my name, Gabby Wallace, gabbywallace.com is my website. So you can find more out about me there. Uh,
0: Before we wrap this up, I got to know, what is your new channel about?
2: Yeah. So I'm creating content that is a lot of different things. It's experimental. I have some behind the scenes lifestyle and business and travel videos, some more entertaining videos, some vlogs. So I guess if you are curious about what it's like to live the full time YouTuber business boss
0: lady life, come take a look. That's awesome. I'm glad I I asked that for sure. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to be on. I know that we all have been inspired and touched by you today. So thank you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure.
1: Thank you for listening to the Women of YouTube podcast. We would love to know what you thought about this latest episode. So make sure to tag us with hashtag Women of YouTube with your thoughts. And if you really love this episode, be sure to leave us a review on iTunes to make the podcast gods and Phil over at TubeBuddy happy.